Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Sexually Liberated Woman podcast is supported by Shockrubs. Shockrubs makes beautiful, handcrafted sexual wellness products from 100% pure crystal. Crystals are a natural earth-made material that help to awaken higher levels of consciousness, work through emotional imbalances, and heal deep core wounding. Take all of that and put it in sex toy form and you've got yourself a mighty orgasmic tool. I have my own chakra that's made of 100% rose quartz, which is this really beautiful soft pink colored crystal that helps me cultivate self-love, opens my heart chakra, and heightens my capacity to feel pleasure. And my orgasms are incredible. So if you want to bring sacredness and a little witchiness to your erotic life, head to chakrabs.com and use the code LIBERATION to get 10% off your purchase. That's C-H-A-K-R-U-B-S dot com, promo code LIBERATION. And may your orgasms be plentiful. Welcome to the Sexually Liberated Woman Podcast. I'm Evian Whitney, and every other episode, I'll be giving you a quickie, a short and sweet episode where I share with you a personal story from my own sexual liberation journey. This week, I have something I really want to get off of my chest, something I've been keeping secret for a while now. Almost no one knows about this, only a few of my closest friends, and... Well, I don't really want to waste any time. I kind of just want to get right into it, if that's okay. I've been trying to think of the perfect way to come out with it, in a way that would do justice to an experience that has deeply rocked and ignited my sexual liberation journey. But it's been two years, and I've yet to find the right words. It's gotten to the point now where I've become really tired of holding this in as I wait for the perfect moment which I'm certain will never come. So today, I figure I might as well just come out with it. (sighs) For the last two years, 
I've been romantically dating and having sex with other people outside of my marriage. Jonathan knows about it. Actually, he's been the one encouraging me and supporting me while I do it, as he also explores other people himself. You're probably familiar with the word polyamory. That's technically the word used to describe what we're doing. And if you've been reading my blog for a while, you know that Jonathan and I opened up our relationship a few years ago without much success. And we're back at it again. I'll admit that one of the biggest reasons I held back in coming out about this was because I wanted to break the news when I had a steady secondary partner, someone I felt a sense of longevity with. And I know that's silly, but that's how I wanted it to happen, how I wanted to come out. Unfortunately, I wasn't successful in that. Actually, I've been trying to figure out what exactly successful looks like in all of this. Because the fact that me and my husband's relationship didn't explode to smithereens could easily be considered a success. Or the fact that I met so many amazing people on this journey, some of whom I still consider friends. That is a success but especially that I managed to adapt and stay grounded in myself amidst a multitude of situations that tested my emotional fortitude, my patience, and the integrity of my values. That's definitely a success. I will admit, though, that as I sit here with a few dozen dates under my belt and nothing to show for it, it doesn't feel very successful. But that's just me being hard on myself. If I could sum up the entire experience with a single word, that word would be rich. The kind of richness found in a hunk of deep sugary chocolate fudge. Richness that simultaneously shocks and delights your senses. Richness that is both delicious and a little dangerously excessive. There were so many sweet moments as I dated people outside of my marriage. Moments of intimacy, of desire, of erotic physicality. Of love, even. There is this one date where we met at an ice cream shop called 50 Licks, and we talked for hours about how we grew up in super religious households and our favorite places to shop in Portland, and how much we enjoyed Alfred Hitchcock films, all while simultaneously trying hard not to get lipstick on our cones. And then we later laughed at how funny it was that we had our first official queer date at a place called 50 Licks which was completely unintentional. And there was this other date where we met at this really sexy bar, and I could tell that we were both trying to gauge each other's interest by certain lingering glances we were giving, all while insisting on our shyness. And while walking back home, I grinned and grinned, remembering the easy back and forth of our conversation and the way she felt against my skin when I accidentally, purposely, grazed her knee with my ankle. There was also the date where we somehow ended up in bed together, naked. But because we were still finding our footing with each other, we just laid there, cuddling and exploring each other's bodies with an eager curiosity that was both tender and totally, sweetly distanced from sex. I told her she had beautiful thighs. She told me my tits were the perfect size, and we caressed each other's skin gently, talking in almost whispers, And then her cat came over and wiggled its little tail in our faces, making us giggle and forget, perhaps, our ulterior motives. 
And then there was the date where after we had had sex, we instantly fell asleep in each other's arms as if we'd done it many times before. But really, I just think our bodies were exhausted from trying to fight our desires all night. I'm a creature of habit though, and I ended up waking up in the middle of the night that night in a panic, my arms around this foreign, soft body, and my mind wondering, where is Jonathan? Where is my husband? And then I breathed in her scent on my lips and was reminded of what this was and of the explicit agreements that had brought me there, and I fell back asleep, a tiny smile on my face. Those were some of the highest moments of this experience, moments I bask in whenever I think of the last two years. But there are also low moments, hard moments, moments of tension and frustration and that maddening feeling that comes up when you can't finish what you started. Like when after several dates, I thought there had been major chemistry and attraction between us, but our last date felt cold and distant like a plug keeping us connected had been pulled out, and I received a text later that night saying, I think we're better off as friends. Or when she had said she was totally cool with my husband being my primary relationship, but then we all met, the three of us, and the tension was so thick you could have carved it with a knife. That palpable sense of competition, as though there was a limited supply of attention and affection that needed to be grabbed onto, completely chased away the desire I had for her and left me having to make the hard conversation. I think we're better off as friends. Or when I wasn't able to tell, to truly, really know if they liked, liked me because they made their vulnerability off limits to me and how maddening it was not to be affirmed or to have it be plainly said, I want you. Nothing whole or good can be created from emotional unavailability, no matter how cute someone is or how much we have in common. And I learned that lesson over and over. Or when we were getting along great and we shared the same emotional intelligence and the feelings of attraction were mutual and we started making plans for something long and withstanding And then her partner suddenly changed his mind and said, P wasn't okay with opening up their relationship after all. That happened a lot. The promising starts and sudden stops because of truths half told, because of intentions not being clear, because of emotions that kept coming up that were too hard to face. And while neither of us wanted to, we had to. We had to let each other go. That was the hardest part, getting so energetically invested with someone and then having to make the choice to part ways out of respect for our current relationships. And it's a given. My loyalty will always be to my partner first and foremost. And I expect nothing less from the people I choose to date who are also in committed relationships. But it's difficult for me to let incomplete things go especially when the fantasy of what could be is so sweet and often lingers in my mind. I'm sometimes haunted by the thought that maybe we could have worked it out under different circumstances if maybe we had both been single and unattached. When it got really difficult, when the bulk of our conversations became centered around complex and emotional issues that often didn't belong to us, that's when I started to question why Jonathan and I were doing it. 
Not that it's supposed to be easy. Anytime you add more people to an already complex situation, it will surely become more challenging. And I think we both went in understanding that. But the amount of time Jonathan and I would sometimes spend on processing strange dates and the weird feelings that came up because of them had me considering deleting my profile and returning to monogamy. Which is my privilege, I should point out, as a poly person in a long-term, committed relationship. At any time, I can choose to go back to my primary partner and leave the fuck shit of dating behind. Until, of course, I come back and try it again. That is my privilege. It got so bad that I started wondering if maybe my luck was just bad. If maybe there was something inherently flawed in me that kept attracting me to people who weren't ready. But I heard later that that's just part of poly life. You have to kiss a lot of toads, as the saying goes. So sometimes it was sweet. And sometimes it was hard. And sometimes it deeply rocked my marriage but not always in the ways I expected. I expected for there to be more jealousy. I expected for there to be more fights where the two of us puffed up our chests and got territorial over each other's time and bodies. Instead, I found a strange appreciation that I didn't anticipate. I found myself growing deeper and more steadfast in my attraction to and love for my partner. I think it had something to do with the polarity of it all. Like, after going on dates with soft, femme people, I'd come home to this hard, prickly, tall body that smelled like metal and earth, and breathing him into my lungs, it was then that I realized how much I had missed him. After every date, I found a new appreciation for my husband's masculinity, but especially for the home, the stability we had made together. I'm not saying it was all golden between us. There were certainly evenings where, rather than coming back immediately to each other, we'd sit and talk about the complexity of the situation and the hard emotions it was bringing up for both of us, which was hard and exhausting and sometimes distancing. But most times, we found a way to return to our relationship. Most times, I knew how to come back home to my love for him. Knowing that I had that home kept me from wandering farther than I could be reached. Actually, that sense of home is what helped me feel even more liberated to be intimate romantically with others. If I could be really selfish for a moment and talk only about myself and my own feelings, not my husband's, not the people I was dating, I have to say that I've really enjoyed being non-monogamous this time around. I've enjoyed it because it's given me a chance to fulfill a part of my identity as well as a curiosity that has been dormant for most of my life, my queerness. That's actually one of the biggest takeaways, realizing that my sexual orientation isn't some phase that will blow over once I get it out of my system, but an actual vital part of me and my existence. That's a really new revelation because before, I'd always discredit my own not-straight desires. I'd find a way to invalidate them. It was only after I went on a bunch of dates with women and played with the varying energies that get created during shared attraction that I realized that this, my queerness, wasn't going anywhere. Another selfish takeaway? Even though all of the dates I went on never amounted to anything lengthy, I met and shared intimacy with some amazing, beautiful people 
And each of them left me a tiny memento of our time together that I'll cherish forever. Some of them physical things like crystals and succulents and new genres of music that I wouldn't have discovered, but most of the mementos were intangible. They each helped lead me deeper into my true self, into a new kind of independence that I thought was off limits to me. And no matter how it ended with us, no matter where we pressed pause, I'll be forever grateful to them for that. There are thousands of stories within me about this experience. Stories that cannot be told. Stories that I choose not to share. Partly because of how rich it all was, but mostly because I want to keep it to myself. Out of respect to the people I dated, in honor of my own selfish need for privacy. I also don't think I'd ever be able to really divulge in all of this completely. There's just too much that happened. I'd have to talk, to write, for hours. What I will say is that as of right now, Jonathan and I have taken a break from dating other people to focus on other things. But while neither of us are actively on the hunt for an additional partner, we're not close to the idea of meeting someone new. I'm not at least. I guess I can't speak for Jonathan. For me, I'm realizing that as long as I'm alive, I will be queer. And as long as I'm queer, I will have curiosities and desires to actualize my sexuality. And I don't want to hinder those curiosities or desires. I want to be free to choose. I want to be free to find my way. I want to be free to be open. Thank you for listening to the Sexually Liberated Woman podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, give it a heart on SoundCloud and share it with a friend. As for me, you can find me on my blog, sexloveliberation.com, where I write essays about sex, sensuality, and erotic empowerment. I'm also on Instagram at evian.whitney. That's E-V-Y-A-N period W-H-I-T-N-E-Y, where I'm capturing moments of brazen femininity and sexuality throughout the day. And if you want to be a sexually liberated woman, go to sexloveliberation.com slash S-L-W, and maybe I'll be chatting with you about your journey of erotic empowerment someday. See you in the next episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.